You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, March the 17th, 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, happy St. Patrick's Day. Hey, happy St. Patrick's Day to you as well. Uh, it's been a great week for us, and... Uh... I think there's lots of uh, reasons to believe that this will uh, carry on, and we could have, again, a great start to 17. It started off good, faded, and it's coming back again. In sticking with the St. Patrick's Day theme, Eric, a lot of green on the board this week as uh, the Fed raised rates again. Now that's the second rate hike in 90 days, even though the U.S. economy posted its worst GDP growth since 2011 and looking to only grow maybe 1% here in the first quarter. What's going on there, Eric? Well, it's interesting. Second rate increase in 90 days and third rate increase in nine years. Right. <laughs> so it's been a slow process. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of shaking my head at, at what's really happening here and wondering why are they doing this? Uh, because as you pointed out, the G- GDP now data that the Atlanta Fed puts out says the GDP is growing at 0.9% in the uh in the first quarter, and as almost every data point comes out, it gets weaker. Uh, yesterday, we had the Philly Fed index went down. We had building permits fell by 6%. That's not even stuff that's in there yet. And uh, we see the department store sales have been very, very weak. They fell dramatically in February. And by the way, Craig, I go back to this winter has been very benign. You know, it's been a benign winter until just recently in the Northeast. And... Uh, you know, you, you'd think that the, the retail sales might be strong or the miles uh, driven might be higher because the weather's been okay. Uh, and, of course, we had that one report on job growth in February, which made everyone think that we are all in la-la land. But February was so benign weather-wise that, uh, you know, the seasonal adjustments probably just didn't work. So I'm sitting there wondering, well, what's, what's with the Fed here that 30 days ago, there was probably hardly anyone thought to be a March rate rise. And all of a sudden, one by one, the dominoes just keep falling. The various Fed governors went, oh, rate increase in March, rate increase in March. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Who, who changed the narrative so quickly? And why did they change the narrative so quickly? And the narrative did change. So that by the time we got to Wednesday, I mean, it was 100% a given that the rates would go up, which is very surprising. And in the back of my mind, I wonder whether the Fed, in a way, is taking on Trump here and making life difficult for Mr. Trump, and or and or it's just for the banks. Because as we all saw, the prime rate went up immediately and nobody increased the deposit rate. So it's just a, a, a spread widener for the banks. So, you know, it could just be a bank thing or it could be an anti-Trump thing, but there's, there's very little logic to the increase in my mind. Well, Eric, you pointed that out. Uh, you were the first person that I recall that pointed that out last summer. Uh, it started with the Bank of Japan, that there was this uh, almost like a a word went out between the central banks that they had to do something to help the pension funds and the institutionals uh, investors and the, the insurance companies and everybody else that was getting crushed with, with the zero interest rate policy. It looks like that's still just trickling down. It, it would appear to be that, that uh, there's no, nobody, gain, I mean, everybody loses except the banks. Everybody, mm-hmm. and the government even loses. So, and, uh, you know, and as we well know, the banks own the Federal Reserve and receive payments on their uh, reserve balances, and of course can charge everybody more in the prime rate. And 
you know, it uh, it just seems so uh, coordinated to me as to be uh, not really uh, baked in solid economics 101. You know, that it was just created for some obtuse reason. Whether it's Trump or the banks, I'm not sure. But I guess for sure you got to go with the banks because they're the primary winner. But it, it certainly doesn't help uh, the the, the uh, Trump organization either with all the various problems they have. And by the way, we probably should talk about that, that all of these programs that uh, the president has said he would like to put through, I mean, it's just chaos now, okay? The whole healthcare thing, the border tax thing, the uh, the budget process. Oh, what a dog's breakfast it's becoming down there. And I just, like, this is not, uh, it's not shaping up well. I mean, it's fine to have a person and a team want to do something, but once you get into that, the jungle of politics, man, it's just backing up. And I, I just don't know if anything's going to be accomplished uh, in the near term politically. Yeah. And now it all kind of comes together. Not only do you have the budget process, which I can't remember the last time the president's own party declared his budget dead on arrival. I mean, I remember that back in the 80s and the 70s, but not uh, where the one party has total control. But nonetheless, now we've got a debt ceiling issue. The debt ceiling needs to be extended, uh, which is just a time uh, period problem. But nonetheless, up against that, the U.S. national debt, total debt is now increasing $20 trillion. It's only $80 billion away. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons where, uh, or I guess rationale, where we got to start thinking about some serious, serious problems coming out of Washington. And we know back in 2011, that was very good for gold prices. And, you know, again, you know, there could have easily been a narrative out of the Fed. Well, we don't want to raise rates while the uncertainty of the debt ceiling is there. I mean, that would have been quite a logical thing to have said, uh, because it is a serious concern if the government can't raise money. And yet, everything's fine, the economy's supposedly growing, and none of the unemployment's very low. And, of course, I don't believe the unemployment data, and I don't believe the inflation data. My God, I look at the Chapwood Index, and it's gone to double digits for the last five years. That's the 500 most common things that people buy in various cities, and every year goes up by 10%. So there's no way that inflation's too. And so you just see this constant crowding out of the middle class uh, because there's no wage increase and there's this huge inflation, and the, the average guy is just suffering here. So uh, I, I just have no understanding why there was a rate increase. Not that I believe that rates should be where they were. They never should have gone down this far, but they went down this far to try to pull us out of this mess that we started in 0708 and they've sort of held the fort i would say so far because you know you can borrow for nothing almost um but that's all coming to an end here and i we could have some terrible economic data for it coming here because of health care and other you know, cost issues like rent and so on so we'll stand by at that one but again uh, any type of uh, weakness is great for gold and silver uh, it was a very interesting reaction. I'm sure you must have found it interesting that all of, the minute the announcement came out, the gold starts going up. And, you know, sometimes they just lay it on that they hammer it anyway, but they didn't do that this time, which was very interesting. Maybe so, maybe a lot of people just waiting in the wings. Okay, fine, take it from 1200 down to 1175. I'm going to be a buyer here, okay? And maybe they knew that. They knew the setup in, in the market that the people would be net buyers because we do hear about tightness in the silver market and of course we've got these huge open interest shorts on both the gold and silver and this could start to hurt if uh, 
if the economy starts weakening off and people start worrying about the financial condition of the country because of the debt ceiling, there could be a, a flight to safety in, in both gold and silver here. So that's kind of something we have to be watching moving forward here. But it, it's not going to get worse for us. It can only get better because the, talk, the, uh, the clock is ticking here. Well, you know, and Eric, one of the most popular terms uh, in growing in its amount of searches on Google is stagflation, which is an old 1970s term. You probably remember it a little bit better than I do. Uh, nonetheless, stagflation with negative real interest rates and a flat yield curve, all that together, uh, it looks a lot like it did in the 1970s. You know how gold performed back then? Maybe we're starting to anticipate yeah. that. Well, you know, Craig, it's interesting. We're, we're going to have... A stagflation, and I, you know, for example, I keep reading about these underfunded pension plans. Okay, and what's the solution to an underfunded pension plan? Well, let's charge the people who are working today a higher pension plan amount. Okay, well, you know what? That's inflation. You know, you go from your six percent of your paycheck to eight percent of your paycheck to whatever. I mean, that's just money you don't have to spend. I don't even know if it goes into the CPI data. It probably doesn't. There's all these pension plans are underfunded. They're always going to have to go to the public either through you have to pay more on your paycheck or you're going to pay more in taxes. One or the other. They're both inflation. You got health care totally out of control. I mean, I, I personally couldn't believe that the new plan. I mean, when do we deal with the cost of health? You know, mm -hmm. like Obamacare just drove things crazy. And I'm not so sure that Trump care, whatever you want to call it, really dealt with the the heart of the problem, which is the out-of-control cost of health care. And it, it, I don't think there was a sound mentioned about, you know, cutting prices for anything. But everyone's up against it here. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think you, when you say stagflation, we are in it. We're in stagflation. Like, if you believe the Chapman Index, you got 2% wage increase and 10% cost increase. We're in stagflation. It'll be good for gold because, ultimately, it, it, it wreaks havoc on the economy, which will weaken the banking system, which will tell everyone... Get your money out of the banks and get it into precious metals. And so now here we are in the present. We've now rallied each time the Fed has hiked rates and rallied from higher lows. We bottomed out at, what, 1060 in December of 2015, 1130 December last year. And now I guess we'll call it 1195 just a few days ago. Those are higher lows on a chart. Boy, we start, we make a new higher high and there would you would think there would be Quite a bit of money on the sidelines that would come rushing in, not only into the into the metals, but also into the shares. What do you think, Eric? I'm sitting here sort of jokingly thinking, well, let's bring on the next rate increase, right? Right. <laughs> we, we should have four rate increases this year, not three. Anyway, it's uh, I, I just think that I've always believed the fundamentals for gold and silver are spectacular. You get these narratives in the market where... Everyone says, well, you know, free rate increases will kill gold. It's all a setup, okay? We see what goes on in the COMEX. We see why the COMEX goes down. It all has to do with what the banks, uh, how big a short position they're going to take. It has nothing to do with the fundamentals for gold and silver. And I think the fundamentals for gold and silver keep getting better. Um, I found it fascinating that this gentleman, Cliff High, uh, who is a student of the Internet and the trends in the Internet, and, uh, oh, my God, he's got targets of something like 480 bucks on silver or something. And he, and he even refers to, you know, all these new uses for silver that seem to be evolving here. Like, it's amazing. And uh, I think silver, you know, will have this spectacular 
performance. I'm not suggesting he's going to 480 or 600, but I, I think people should take a listen to some of the things that uh, Mr. High has to talk about because it's it's very noteworthy. It's based on you know scientific analysis of the trends on the internet. So we'll stand by in that one. But it sure feels like uh, our day is coming back again. And lastly, just on the shares, Eric, you, you've always noted how quickly they can recover and bounce back. I think they were up 8% back on Wednesday alone. Again, making a higher high and looking to uh, yeah. move forward once again. Are you bullish on the shares? Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. The junior gold index was up over 10% in one day. And uh, like, and that actually was up to 10% in two hours, right? Because the rate decision came out, came out on, at 2 o'clock. So between 2 and 4 o'clock, it went up 10%. And we had discussed before one other day a while back when it went down 9% a day, which just seemed ridiculous. I recall the day the gold was down $3.50 and the index was down 9 And yep. I what the, how could anybody possibly explain that? You know, it's just, it's just people trying to make things happen in the market. And then, of course, bang, now you had the reverse of that. Uh, the last couple of days here, uh, uh, Thursday, uh, the stocks didn't go up. Um, but I suspect, uh, you know, where it looks like we might have a little follow through here and uh, I'm sure the, I mean, the leverage in the stocks is incredible. And I think there's lots of interesting stories in the precious metals area. So, uh, as you know, I've been a, a huge uh, buyer of uh, equities and precious metals and, uh, they seem to be holding their own and, uh, coming back very strongly here. So I'm still a believer. Before we go, Eric, I forgot to mention to everyone that these weekly wrap-ups are always brought to you by the Sprott Money Precious Metals Storage Program, where we have five international vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. Our international storage page is found at SprottMoney.com. I think anybody stacking metal should definitely store it in a safe place. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say so, Eric? And I think we're definitely heading down the path where the more metal you have, the better off you're going to be. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a great believer I'm a big owner of gold, physical gold and silver myself, and of course the equities. I'm, I mean, I got like 80 or 90 percent of my net worth out there. So obviously, I'm committed. Uh, we set up spot money so people could buy coins and bars uh, in a very inexpensive fashion, and of course, then created the opportunity to uh, to store them in safe locations. So I hope everyone, uh, you know, gets well placed for. Uh, pretty nasty right now. Certainly looks that way. We'll talk about it again next week. For now, though, happy St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, go have yourself uh, some some uh, green beer, perhaps. <laughs> okay, great. All the best to you too. Thanks. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening, and have a great weekend.